1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, Great show for you today. I was joined by my friend, Drew Holden. Always a great time talking to Drew. Uh, We talked about corporate media running with a hilariously fake and easily debunked ivermectin story. Uh, We talked about the latest coming out of Afghanistan. We talked about the Texas abortion ban. Uh, We covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Drew, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever get your podcasts make sure to subscribe and if you're on itunes uh, please give us a five-star rating and a good review that really helps us out and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right without further ado the great drew holden all right guys we're here with my brother drew holden drew how you been man
0: Great man, I've been I've been just great. I got to unplug for a little bit, and now I'm uh, I'm plugging back in. And what seems like the I don't know if it's ideal or anti-ideal or whatever it is, but I'm back.
1: Depends, you know how cynical you are, I suppose. It,
0: it's ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. The, the, the happy warrior bit is getting tougher and tougher, but uh, it is. There's a lot of news.
1: There's a lot to talk about. It is. It is, man. And I, I've always prided myself in um not getting upset at yeah. anything like I I, don't get mad at like the results of elections I don't really like take it personally when politicians or, or you know people are acting in bad faith like I just I don't know for some reason it just doesn't stick to me but like yeah. the last few weeks has really tested that like I've been more angry at these people than I have maybe ever at least since I started like doing the podcast five years ago like it's yeah. probably the most angry I've been you know I don't know something about leaving thousands of Americans behind in a war zone yeah, know- knowingly.
0: That's, that's the thing too it's like it's easy when it's just like kind of a you know a matter of an election or the, the the usual political rigmarole to kind of stay a little bit emotionally removed from it but um yeah when you're when you're playing with the lives of people whose lives could very easily be snuffed out that i yeah. think that changes a little bit of the moral calculus for sure
1: just knowingly killing people for political gain you know yeah. The Democratic Party, brothers and sisters, is what it is. So, before we get started, uh, I just have to mention a couple things that the President of the United States said yesterday, um, which I thought were very interesting. First, Joe Biden said that we don't call tornadoes tornadoes anymore. So, what do you think, man? <laughs> like, what, I, what What do you think we can call tornadoes to keep the Alzheimer's community from getting confused?
0: It's It's a great question. I mean, he also looked. He looked so like frustrated and broken by someone calling a tornado a tornado right now little in that brief <laughs> video clip and i was watching it and i was like man if you're like it, I, at what point do you have to just look at that and be like yeah not not there's, there's something not good here right like if you're if you're gonna try and do this in bad faith i was, watching it and I was like tornadoes i think they're just tornadoes
1: actually <laughs> we don't call them we don't we don't call them that anymore man it's, yeah you know, like, we're moving what? on." The president also said yesterday that all of our energy will be zero emissions by 2020. So, fellas, we have developed time travel. (laughs) Like, like, dude, look, every corporate journalist called for the cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment when Trump walked slowly down a ramp. Right. Right. He walked slowly down a ramp. Right. And he was unfit for office. What are we doing? Like, what what, what are we doing?
0: he picked up his water glass with two hands one time and it was a it was an international (laughs) scandal remember that like they were just i mean you had you had these you had these like quack medical doctors on cnn and (laughs) You do you you remember this phase like it it kind of dropped off i guess there was just more to more to talk about in like 2020 and 2021 but like there was this phase in like 2018 and 2019 where it seemed like once a week you would have some psychologist or psychiatrist who was on one of the programs explaining that he had like narcissistic personality disorder or he had <laughs> Alzheimer's or whatever. It's like this was this is like a like a recurring news cycle. Yeah. And, and all of those voices are mysteriously silent on yeah. all of these things yeah, when we have the oldest president in the history of the country.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a a a, a mentally handicapped president, which is kind of hilarious. I yeah. mean, like it's it's hilarious, like. It doesn't say anything good about the country, like just the electorate that, like,
0: right, that yes. you know, deeply like the, troubling. I'll give you the press that.
1: can convince people to vote for this, but like, I don't know, tornadoes, man, tornadoes. So Drew, tornadoes. you had a great thread as always the other day about, oh, thank you, the most transparently fake news story I've ever seen. I mean, like, it was laughably fake news, and for anybody that missed yeah. it, uh Rolling Stone ran a ridiculous propaganda piece about. Some alleged doctor in Oklahoma saying that his hospital is overrun with ivermectin overdose patients and and gunshot victims were bleeding out in the lobby because all the redneck Trump voters who were fat and white and evil and white and fat they were taking up all right. the hospital beds for for eating horse medicine. So any like I was yeah. anybody with a functioning prefrontal cortex knew that this story was a lie. Uh, from, you know, minute number one. But right. the corporate press, they just ran with it, man. The press ran with it. The yeah. blue check marks ran with it. Just fascinating stuff.
0: It is. I, I think fascinating is really a good word for it, right? Because I So the way this all started actually was there was a, a local piece, KFOR, which is a local affiliate out there, who interviewed this doctor. And he made some claims that like, eh, sketchy, dubious, whatever. But then I don't know if it was an aggregating thing, or I think mostly it's just like it was a perfect – narrative point right like what could be in, in the mind of like a coastal democrat what could be more ho-dunk oklahoma than people eating horse paste and also <laughs> gunshot wounds right and like there's just i remember i looked at it and i saw it and i immediately started taking screenshots i was like oh this is gonna go bunk this is this yeah. is gonna blow up and blow up very quickly because th- like there were a few things that just that just really stuck out to me of like Obviously ludicrous, like how many people like ivermectin sure, there are people who are taking it, who shouldn't be, there are people who are taking it, who should be, um, and there are people who overdose on it, like like any other drug, but like how many people i I started doing some numbers in my head, I was like, how many hospital beds are there in rural Oklahoma, how many people are there in rural Oklahoma, and how many people would have to be taking this stuff, let alone overdosing on it for this to work. And then the idea that the hospitals were flooded was like one thing where I was like, all right, that's a bridge too far. That doesn't make sense. If there are, if there are people who had done this, I believe it. But hospitals <laughs> flooded? Okay, that's absurd. And then they bring in the idea that there were gunshot victims who oh, couldn't yeah. receive care because of it. And I was like, okay, wait, 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 wait. How many gunshot victims are there in rural Oklahoma? Like, yeah. how, how many people are walking in these hospitals with this thing? And you're telling me that there are people in such disastrous states from this ivermectin overdose that they're taking up the bed instead of someone who walks in bleeding from a gunshot wound like there were just so many things that were preposterous like multiple parts of it that were preposterous that it it obviously failed the sniff test and yet rolling stone picks it up msnbc had like three or four different personalities talk about it at one point or another like this is a national media outlet and then tweet is still up and then there were, you know, The Hill, New York Daily News. There are a handful of other outlets that also picked it up and ran with it as if it were real, as if it were a real story. And I was watching this happen and I was like, someone somewhere, like, aren't we in the golden age of fact checkers? Shouldn't there be someone digging into some of these details? But no, of course not. Like, there were, None of that happened. No one even waited for any of the hospitals to say, oh, yeah, this is a real problem.
1: And it was, it was the doctor, bewildering. The doctor that this piece was based off of didn't work at this hospital.
0: Yeah, right, he hadn't, like, so he he's affiliated with a handful of hospitals. He's also now saying that, the you know, in the interview and in subsequent coverage, they've, they've twisted his words and take them out of context and proportion, which I think is probably fair about the subsequent coverage about it. But I think, to be honest with you, like, he told a little bit of a tall tale that the media then took and blew up into, like, a really, really big and considerable tall tale. And now everyone's kind of left holding the bag because even, like, you know, e- even people who are, like— you know, I, I saw CNN had a, a couple of reporters, uh, at least on Twitter, who were like, "Oh yeah, this is bad," and I was like, "Man, when you lose CNN on these sorts of fabricated stories, you have obviously missed the mark pretty right. considerably."
1: It's just funny, man. Like I, this audience gets it. You know, it, it's a smart bunch uh, that, that listen to this podcast. But like, if, if for anybody, like you just take a look at some of these these headlines, some of these articles that that these people write, if it's Exactly what the press wishes would happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably not true. I mean it's like Trump pissing on Russian hookers. Okay. Exactly. It's exactly. Like exactly. Brett, what? Brett Kavanaugh at age sixteen running a gang rape operation. It was like come on like these stories, they're not remotely believable. I mean it's right, like they're exactly. so transparently fake. It's like they're not even trying very hard to make stuff up yeah. at this point. Like they're they're like it's not just that they're propagandists it's that they're really bad propagandists yeah it's like
0: a cheap shoddy attempt to do it i mean i I think as a general golden rule on this stuff and it goes to the left and the right like if something confirms your darkest priors in like a super (laughs) on the nose and also like kind of hilarious way like maybe maybe pump the brakes on sharing it maybe Maybe. do a google search right like like rarely does reality give you those sorts of circumstances. It does. It doesn't give a lot of really true slam dunks. And so whenever someone comes up with one, my first thought is like, eh, yeah, let's see, let's see, because it's it's easy, I think, in in one's mind to be able to twist those sorts of things so that they are just perfectly situated to the talking points that you've been using all along. Uh, but but rarely does that actually happen in a way that is organic and, and true.
1: Right. I mean, it's like it's very similar. Honestly, you know, I I was going to say very similar to, like, what Alex Jones and people like that do. But, like, yep. I'll tell you what. It's like a lot of these things are a little bit—they they seem more far-fetched than a lot of, like, the, the conspiracy theorist stuff on the right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, it is really—some of the stuff is really out there. But, like, you know, it's always—anytime they do this, which is, you know, semi-consistent, you know, they, they blow up one of these these completely fake stories. But it's like I always—I try to decipher— who's lying, who knows that they're lying and who are just really stupid. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like right. I, like a guy like Brian Stelter, like I he's probably not a bad guy. He like uh-huh. he's probably just really dumb. Like that that's the what I t- like I've anytime I see him talk, I'm like, "All right, this is just not a very bright man." Like maybe he's yeah. not acting in bad faith, but it's like a lot of these people, there's no way that like every blue check on Twitter uh, did, like has an IQ under 70. Exactly. Right? Like some of these people like- they, they have to know they're lying, right? Yeah. You got to
0: assume, right? Like, like, I don't know. I get a lot of people in journalism fall upwards, but like Maddow didn't. Right. Like right. once upon a right. time, right. Maddow was like an intelligent, thoughtful, hard hitting person. And she can yeah. still pull that out when she's when she's not pushing things that are just open propaganda. Like she had to be able to look at the story and be like, mm, I don't know, yeah. you know, like it, it just seems so obviously in bad faith. And listen, it's Twitter. People retweet things quickly, whatever. But like there were just so many people who took that and then ran with it. Right. Who are like adding their own commentary on on Twitter, running news pieces <laughs> about it. Like it's just <laughs> a, a certain. And it's and I think what really blows my mind is so the Rolling Stone piece. I just checked it. It's still up. Uh, like they, they, still have this no piece. Way. They would, no Yeah. Way. So they, they've added, they've added two updates. The first was the hospital denying uh, this doctor, D- Dr. Jason Mackley's his claim. Um, the second one though is hysterical. It's way longer, and my favorite sentence out of it. Um, Oklahoma-specific ivermectin overdose figures, this is quoting now, are not available, but the count is unlikely to be a significant factor in hospital bed availability. The entire premise of the original story (laughs) is that ivermectin overdoses were flooding these hospitals, right? That's the cause and effect that underlies the original story. And now they just come out and say it and say, "Uh, uh, no, even though we don't know the numbers, there's really no way to extrapolate the numbers to make our original case. It's yep. it, it it boggles the mind.
1: Yeah, and I mean, part of the story too is that the Bloods and the Crips went to Tulsa and had this gangland shootout, and then they yeah. all died in hospital rooms waiting to be treated. So, so. Exactly, like like
0: <laughs> what I would really like to know, and I, I Zay Jelani, the, the journalist, he he had mentioned to me that he was he was calling around to some local sheriff just to see if he could get numbers on like hey, around here, what are the gunshot wound hospitalizations (laughs) look like, right? Like, how often do you have people who walk into local hospitals with gunshot
1: wounds? Because, like, I can't— I mean, how often are crimes committed in Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, it's got I mean, like it's a, like... psych, a psycho low crime rate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I got a buddy from out there who is like, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to have a break. Like if you want to be a, a, a burglar, right, if you want to invade people's homes and take their things, it's really hard when like eight and ten people have a gun in their home to do that <laughs> right. and feel comfortable and safe. It's it's there's just so there's so much bad and wrong with this that anyone, anyone not acting in bad faith or really just trying to go through the day on a mental autopilot like it should have seen that
1: with the ivermectin stuff i mean the press and the and the democrats really are acting in bad faith they did the same thing with hydroxychloroquine last year yep. um i mean they they calling it like horse horse dewormer or whatever I, yeah horse based. there's tens of millions of americans that are prescribed ivermectin right now right and and so you saw this with uh with Joe Rogan. They got extremely upset that Joe Rogan didn't die. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Like was, they were they, devastated. And a side note about Joe Rogan, that everybody on both sides of the aisle are they they keep saying that he's unvaccinated. No Joe Rogan got vaccinated like in April or something. And oh, it's yeah. just, it's real crack journalism. Too. I mean, the man, he does 15 million downloads an episode three times a week. I mean, those are like Game of Thrones numbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's exactly. and he's talked multiple times about how he did get vaccinated. So just crack journalism across the board there. But like his doctor, right. when he got COVID, despite being vaccinated, prescribed him ivermectin. I mean, right. I mean, Joe Rogan, I mean, he's extraordinarily rich. I'm sure he has one of the top doctors in his area. And he was pre- prescribed ivermectin, so I don't know why you can how you can call Joe Rogan a dumb gorilla for t- taking what his doctor prescribed. But I mean, man, th- the left is all kinds of mad um, that Joe Rogan yeah. uh, took ivermectin as well as a whole bunch of other things that were prescribed to him, and that he recovered in like 24 hours. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, it's true. Just yeah. these bizarre, hateful little people. Like, man, if you want your political opponents to die you're just not right. a healthy individual. And like Joe Rogan, it's, it's funny too. He's not even like a right winger or anything. He's just like right. rich and white and not a Democrat. So he must die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like what, exactly a bizarre, yeah. what a bizarre news cycle, man. He says
0: things we don't like sometimes and we can simply not tolerate that. Like, uh, like I, and so much of it too with, with Joe Rogan, I think what gets me is that like, there's this dude who yo- used to host fear factor who now is far more trusted by millions and millions of americans than legacy media is and like to me that's it right like that that's what it really comes down to with these people is that they can't they can't possibly tolerate that and every time he says something that's like weird or kind of dumb it gives him an excuse to blow up but more fundamentally it's he's he's not within the cathedral he was never within the cathedral he never had the right you know he wasn't he wasn't one of those like he was in and then he was out and he's kind of like a, a journalism traitor because of that like he's just a guy and so the the idea that you could do this without like a, a fancy schmancy degree from Columbia or Northwestern or whatever, I think really does ache at people who are making $40,000 a year trying to pay off double that in student loan debt from their master's.
1: Right. No, I mean, that's 100 percent true. It's 100 percent true. And like and just side note, obviously, I always have a, a soft spot for Rogan just because he made what I'm doing right now possible. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. really like,
0: yeah, th- very good point. He
1: started the podcasting world. I mean, he made podcasting financially viable. He, he really blew up the entire platform. So it's like, you know, I always, I, I'll always be grateful to, uh, to Joe for, for doing that. But, um, Back to the other Joe, Joe Biden, today, this afternoon. Really looking forward to it. He's going to give him one of his uh, Alzheimer's speeches again um, about COVID, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, apparently, he's going to try to take more of our liberties away, so that's exciting. But my, my main point here is that how insane it is that the corporate press is working so hard to bury Afghanistan already. There are thousands of Americans yeah. stranded behind enemy lines. And the news this morning on all the networks, it's all COVID. That's it. They're right back to Ron DeSantis' bad you know, you know, Donald Trump is bad. Everybody stay in their house forever because of COVID. I mean, they covered Afghanistan for about two weeks and then they saw that it was hurting Biden's approval rating. So they just stopped. They just yeah. stopped. They magically stopped. Imagine, imagine calling yourself a journalist and refusing to cover the news because the news hurts the Democratic Party. OK, yeah, and that, and I that mean, it's like some depraved degeneracy. Like, oh, yeah. my gosh.
0: And it's not like what's going on in Afghanistan is over, right? Like I, I think it was yesterday, maybe two days ago. Oh no, we're just, ago. we're just getting
1: started. We haven't yeah, reached they, the hostage crisis exactly. part of this yet.
0: Exactly, and there were there were like eight planes I think that were that were on tarmac that the Taliban wasn't allowing to leave the airspace, and, and with Americans on them, and no one was interested. And like, it's. It, it, it's stunning to me that all of a sudden, like, I get it. News cycles move quick. There's other things to talk about, blah, 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 blah. But the idea that an endemic stage of this pandemic could be more interesting than the actual humanitarian crisis that is continuing to to happen in Afghanistan, like, it's just it's not, it's just obviously not the case, right? And and you remember, everyone remembers, I'm sure, how fixated, you know, and, a, Every major media outlet was for a period of time of Afghanistan. And while, yes, U.S. troops may have left, none of the conditions on the ground have gone away. The Taliban is going to be swearing in their new government on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Like, it seems like something that maybe is still worth talking about.
1: It's amazing, man. I mean, the, uh, our State Department yesterday issued a statement saying they're very concerned that the Taliban uh, uh, didn't appoint any women. That's their, right. Yeah. Uh, the, that's the, the problem is the, the all-male cabinet. government. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and, and you know, I always, I get this will, this will, I hope tickle your libertarian sensibilities, but like there, there's a part of me that's like, okay, so who, who is going to arm the Taliban first? Will it be a Republican president or a democratic president? Because we're going to come, I'm sure we're going to shoehorn this thing very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. And that this is, this is kind of the first step in that process, right? Is, is we've got to get to a point where, no longer is the Taliban the Taliban they're just another bad weird hostile government over in that part of the world who does some things we don't like and like they should appoint more women and um like if if they do maybe we'll we'll use it as a carrot to give them a little bit more financial aid right like I, we're 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 very quickly i think going to get there but part of it is if we keep talking about it so much um it through the lens of America's longest war we'll never we'll never be able to transition to that point
1: yeah, I don't I don't know if I can remember anything more cynical than the Biden administration's view of the Taliban. How they just flipped on their head Instantly and just said, okay, well now uh, we're working with the Taliban and we're going to give them eighty-five billion dollars worth of high-tech military equipment and oh, you know, hey, they better, you know, if they want more money from us, if they want foreign aid, they better stay in line and oh no, it's fine. Exactly. We, we can leave thousands of Americans and Green Guard holders and our Afghan allies over there to die and you know because we trust the Taliban. And it's like that. What a I, I get that that all pol- I mean politics is and cynicism go hand in hand, but like mm-hmm. I can't remember. I mean, it is nuts. I mean, this is. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, if, yeah, you're, if this were a Republican president, they already would have been impeached and removed from office. But it's like I, I, I I'm racking my brain trying to think of anything this cynical, right? In, in my adult life, and I, I'm 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 coming up empty.
0: Yeah, I think I I probably am too, and like. You know, they. I, I'm sure there'll be effort, efforts to deflect, right? As the Taliban government doesn't exactly hit their uh, their diversity quotas here, I would imagine in the coming months. But like, this is a real earnest thing they believe. There's a Versity piece quotas. that that's. <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> like making predictions because un- you never know. What an, un- an serious
1: society we are, man! It,
0: it's true. It's gosh. true. Like, but it's the only way we know how to do criticism. Um, yeah. I think is part of it. But like,
1: I think I think some of
0: it that they're they're definitely going to try and obfuscate is they really did believe this, right? There's a piece that I that I am it just lives rent free in my head from April of, of this year from the New York Times, and the title of it is "Biden Officials Place Hope in Taliban's Desire for Legitimacy and Money." Secretary of State Antony J. Blinkton and others say the prospect of recognition and financial aid from the United States can moderate the militant group. Some call that delusional. I think I'm in the sum camp. I think, I think I think I will comfortably call that delusional. Uh, and not Taliban, just with the benefit of hindsight.
1: Did, is the Taliban even claiming that they want any of these things? Or is this just like projection? It's a great question. <laughs> I, I I mean, they're, they're, they seem pretty clear uh, that they want to brutally, you know— enforced Sharia law over Afghanistan. And I mean, they, they were celebrating defeating America and everything. Um, right. I don't, I mean, like, I don't even think these guys are claiming to be any different than they've always been. I think it's just the Biden administration. Yeah. I think they really, because re- like I it would fit.
0: It. Right. Like then, then the nation building worked, even if they're just a little bit moderate. Right. And I think that's, that's the real danger in all of these efforts is like, ah, oh, 20 years, it's been a success. But, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's laughable and, and like, I think what what really kills me about this whole situation is that we'll we'll never, I don't think, really get a good, earnest, clear-eyed retrospective on this stuff. Like, I think it will be buried very, very quickly the way that we buried Vietnam when it, it, it the narrative didn't work out. Because all like everyone's interest across government and media and the national security community, all the people who have just made disastrous and really categorical errors for the last 20 years in Afghanistan, none of them have any interest in the telling of this story. Right. Right. Like. Like the generals and the government lied. The media bought and in many cases pushed the lies. And you had some great scoops. You had some great kinda of like the you know, the 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 Afghanistan papers that the Post put out in twenty nineteen, I think stands kind of athwart this whole narrative of like, oh no, we got this, like we know this is coming. But broadly speaking, the corporate press I think had every interest in pretending that, you know, with enough With enough guns and with enough bombs and with enough money and with enough American ingenuity and American brilliance and whatever, that somehow we could pacify this place. And what really happened after 20 years and $2 trillion essentially lit on fire is we did – the only good we've really done is that – we have we helped keep some vulnerable people a little bit safer than what they're about to experience for the last 20 years. But what we've really done and I think the real failure, and this is why people just aren't going to talk about it. The real failure is after seeing what we had on offer for 20 years with like an enormous amount of blood and treasure lost, millions of Afghans looked and said, yeah, I'll take the Taliban, actually. I think I'll take my chances with those guys. Like that's what happened. We we sold them this vision of uh, of the beatified Western democracy and our values and whatever, and a lot of them just said, "Eh, kick rocks. I'm not interested." Yeah. And like that's a that's that's an almost impossible thing, I think, to square with the broader kind of liberal international mentality that has consistently been wrong on these issues, right? Like in the same like this goes back to Hong Kong. Like the same people yeah. who pretended that. Um, by opening up trade with China, we would liberalize China. And like, if we give them Hong Kong, they'll be nicer about it. And democracy will flourish, whatever. All of these people have always been wrong on all of these fronts. And it's the lesson will never be learned. And I'm sure we're going to throw it away in Afghanistan, the same way we have time and time again, in all of these different places all across the world where we think we are able to export our
1: values. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're 100% correct. And I just don't know. I mean, looking at this fiasco over the last month, it's like, I mean, obviously, you and I have both been you know, calling to to end the war in Afghanistan for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like we're we're totally on the same page there. But it's like I I can't I can't think of a way this could have been handled any worse on any level. Right. I mean, we we gave the Taliban enough arms to make them a regional power. Yep. I mean, like they could go yep. to war. They could go to war in a traditional ground war with most Middle Eastern countries and win.
0: Right, because including what what's given. left of the Afghan forces. Oh yeah, because right? because don't forget too, there are still like in outer lying areas. There is yeah. still a, I guess, what is now a rebel fighting force.
1: Yeah, the former of vice Afghans president fighting the, the Taliban. The former vice president Sella is leading that charge in northern yeah. Afghanistan now. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and now they're trying to fight against against like up armored U.S. Humvees, you know, and like yeah. I think it's like a hundred thousand small arms or something insane like we three hundred
1: and sixty thousand. oh, oh god yeah. it's that
0: bad yeah yeah i mean like it's like there's also been this weird um this weird dichotomy set up by i think some just really earnestly bad actors on on twitter the jen rubens of the world that any <laughs> any uh, any criticism of biden's withdrawal is uh is silly because we always knew this is going to be bad as if there was a as if there was no way to manage the badness and like there's, there's as like if a there was lot no
1: of... way to evacuate civilians before military personnel you're yeah, telling me there's the no thing, way like, to do that like any other withdrawal just... anywhere ever in yeah, the history like, of warfare like they're just like a really silly sense. like
0: yeah like a lot of just really silly order of operations
1: things here. But I think part of that, too, is
0: like there's like really, really a lot of just intellectual and moral bankruptcy to pretend that just because something was never going to be perfect, it means that if it's catastrophic, it doesn't really matter. Like that's like that is it's preposterous. Right. Yeah, it's just, I mean, how is
1: I that, like that, that's not how life works. That's not how strategy yeah. works. That's not certainly not how war works. Like, no,
0: should it? Yeah. <laughs> It's it, yeah, I don't I don't get it. There is increasingly, I think, a number of news cycles and there are responses to them that I don't get. I and mean, I, I'm not wild about that. Again, the Happy
1: Warrior thing is,
0: is more difficult when tough. there are an increasing number of people who just appear to be acting in bad faith.
1: Yeah, man. I mean the, the Happy Warrior thing is tough when Jen Rubin says you can't criticize Joe Biden drone bombing seven children.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, just really going right back to the Obama playbook, by the way. I mean immediately. Talk about Obama's insane. third term, man. Uh-huh. So I know yeah, you got to go quick. in just a minute. There's a bunch of stuff that we didn't get to that we'll get to next week. But uh, just real quick, before I let you go, um, Texas has banned uh, abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected. Uh, well, kind of. I mean they 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 made it possible to hold abortionists accountable in some yeah, court. Right. Uh, anyway, it's a big win for the pro life movement, in my opinion. The Democrats went nuts, and we can get that we can get to that in a second if we have time. But like. I I haven't been I've been off the grid a little bit over the weekend. Has there been a conservative case against any abortion restrictions by David French yet? I mean, that's really, like, a great like, question. That would just bring it's this new cycle home.
0: Right. It's got it's got to be in process. We'll, we'll have someone do that now. And listen, like, I think part of it is you're going to have a lot of Republicans in elected office or seeking elected office get asked some really tough questions about a bill that deep down they probably don't support. Right. And so I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities for like the conservative case for unregulated abortion access (laughs) at some point, like like you'll just see it. Right. You'll just see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is this is probably one of those issues, too, where like the cathedral Republicans, the type of people who write at The Atlantic or The Times or whatever, like right. probably do in most cases, like you got your outfits and whatever. But like in most cases, they really do have a, a fundamentally different view on this issue than a lot of the people in the Republican base do. Um, and that's, I think that's going to be a really weird tightrope to walk because it's not just going to be Texas, right? I heard there's like a dozen different states that are going to use this as model language to push the same thing. And right. so it's really just going to come down to does the Supreme Court actually – take action um, on this bill. Obviously, procedurally, they said they weren't going to do it. And so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be like a, a long, a long fight. And there will unfortunately be many, many opportunities for a, a David French or a David Frum or, or someone else to come out and uh, and, and have their go at this one.
1: Yeah. And the left, they, they're just not used to Republicans doing anything. Yeah. So they it's like. Or Or having a court
0: that doesn't affirm them, right? Like, I think that's, that's really where where the the hissing and the venom and the, the spitting really come from. At the end of this is that, you know, the courts historically have been a godsend to the liberal agenda, they have been really good at defending against the icky republican proposals and their view and in advocating the legislation they can't get passed <laughs> like that, that has worked yeah. really really well for them for about 40 years yeah and i think you know with a six three court that's not going to be the case anymore it's a five with some of these court. challenges it's, it's, it's a, five yeah, that's a good court. point yeah. that's a good point yeah yeah, we've got we've got a 5-3-1 court at this rate at best. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that it's, it, you know, I, I think you're going to start seeing more of this. And I'm very curious, a little bit darkly curious, but I'm very curious how the liberal movement is going to even attempt to to wrestle with the fact that the court is not going to be 100 percent in their camp the way that they have gotten used to.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Drew, pleasure. As always, my friend we will do it again soon. Everybody follow Drew. I'm Absolutely. at Drew Holden 360. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Thank you.